Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. I love Husker fans. Let me say that. Okay, I'm talking about the team. You know, like like the only reason why we have the opportunities we have is because there's so much care about the program. Um, I just have to make sure our players don't act like fans. They act like the guys that are going to go out and play. And so, if you're not careful, you know, like like then all these things start to infiltrate the team. And so. Um, I go back and I just look at history. Okay, you look at the the team. Look look at Nebraska football over the last eight to ten years in the second half of the season. It's abysmal. Okay, and that's not a knock on anyone. I respect the heck out of those. Those are good coaches, but like we're not. We can't be the type of team that oh we lose. We were we lost to Colorado. We're embarrassed. We come back. We win. We play okay. Not very great against La Tech, right? We then then we go out. We get embarrassed against Michigan. Now we're embarrassed. Now we can play great against Illinois. Just can't be that team. I'm not I don't want to coach that team and our players don't want to be a part of that team. So that's what it is. Wrapping up wrapping up our number one here on Hurt Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are live on AM five ninety ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities, Twitter, YouTube, all the places where you can stream us, see our bright and shining faces here on the um here on the uh you know lovely video streams that we have uh you can also catch us anywhere that you listen until it goes out well yeah until <laughs> inevitably at uh somewhere between eight thirty and 9 o'clock though. you'll see the the rotating wheel yeah, the, the, on the screen the rotating wheel of doom much less much like you used to see on the old Xbox 360s mm-hmm. when they would the, the red, the red ring of death. Yeah, the red ring of death. <laughs> RIP, you know, pour one out for all those all those lost Xbox 360s out there. Uh, no, the uh, interesting conversations so far today, but the uh, Coach Rule brought up some real interesting stuff in his press conference. He talked for a pretty long time, about a half hour yesterday. Yeah, a little over a half hour. And Tons of good stuff in there. Uh, you know, it was that clip that Shane just played there hit on something that I'm not even sure I realized at the time, but it's a pretty stark difference in the way your role in relation to the team determines how you process and view a season, right? So he's talking about players Mm -hmm. need to think one way, fans need to think one way, and his coaching staff needs to think one way. And... I think what really put it into focus for me is because it sounded different the way he was talking about it, right? And so I was trying to figure out why does this sound so different? And I ended up going back to Coach Pelini, who had this kind of us versus the world mentality. And unfortunately, that included the fans by the end, right? It was a, hey, we're kind of insulated, like we're in the bunker. Everybody outside of this bunker is against us. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the major complaints about Pelini was, he didn't necessarily embrace what the fan base could bring to the table, and that the fan base is what part of is is what's part of is part of what made Nebraska special, right? Because, I mean, let's be honest here. There's no reason Nebraska should be good at football. Like, there's no geographic advantages. There's no population advantages. Nebraska's good at football because, 
or has been good at football and I think will be good at football again because basically the people of the state have willed it to happen and the university has agreed to put its resources into yeah that has program. agreed to put its resources into the program because of how much the people care about it and so the people of Nebraska are a huge advantage to this program maybe the only real advantage they have outside of the investment that the university puts into it and so it was always really frustrating I know for me and for most Husker fans the way that Pelini kind of insulated the team from the fans kind of almost created a resentment between Mm -hmm. the team and the fans and that was really really kind of sad and frustrating but I didn't know what the answer was because I understood a lot of the things that Pelini was saying of like outside noise things that we hear coach rule talk about right but the thing that he did that Pelini didn't was he articulated that it's okay for fans to think that way because they are fans. Their role in this is different than his team's role. And it's not the fan's job to get the team to think right. It's his job to get the team to think right. Fans are supposed to think that mm-hmm. way. Fans fan. He, talk, uh, he talked about it with his own family, right? <laughs> it's like, hey, my daughters look at this team differently than I do for good reason. And they look at it differently than the fans do. And I just thought that was really interesting because – I don't know that I've ever heard a coach actually articulate it in that way and, and say, hey, it's not the fans' fault that they think a certain way. That's their job. It's my job to keep the players from thinking that way. And I, I just was – To kind of state the obvious. Yeah, to state the obvious, but also put his finger on something that I'm not sure I would have been able to. Right? Like there's, sometimes, there's, sometimes there's these things that they're, they're sort of in the air and, and you would think they're obvious, but until somebody s- simply states it, you don't totally grasp what the thing is, right? You know it's there. Like, on the surface, it's really easy to say, like, yeah, fans and players should think about the season differently. And, you know, but it's a different thing to say, hey, it's not the fans' fault if the players are listening to outside noise too much. That's my fault. That's the players' fault. We need to be strong enough mentally to not let outside noise, which helps our program. That clarity makes, I think, that's the point you were trying to push yes. across. That makes yes. more sense. Differentiating between whose job it is to do what and owning that, I think it was a big deal in what Matt Rule was saying mm-hmm. yesterday. I will say this, though, about Pelini, and, you know, I wasn't here for, you know, all the antics. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, but I almost wonder if it was hard for him. It, yet his personality made it hard just in general. Yes, yeah. Uh, but hard to deal with it because they were winning, mm-hmm. but he could never get over the hump. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was like he peaked at 9-3, and 10-4, whatever yep. it was. Like yep. that's like, but he could never get to that 11th win. He could never get the conference title. He right. could never get to that and next I step. And I think yeah. – because he was winning and because of the way that fans were probably talking about the team, mm-hmm. like how can we get so close and always just stall? Yeah. How, do, how does the car just stall here? That st- started to eat him alive a little oh, bit yeah. and then eat the team alive a little bit. So that's what the us against the world mentality sure. stemmed from. Absolutely. That's just, you know, an outsider looking in. I don't know if that was, like, 100% a fact, but it, I think it's a, it's a fair thing to think. Oh, I think, it's, I think, you're, I think you're dead on. I think it, is a, it was a huge factor because I think the fans thought, hey, we are so close to taking that next step. Why mm-hmm. can't we do that? And Polini is thinking, hey, I'm giving you nine and ten wins every year. Why isn't that good enough? Right? Like, that's, that's a very solid football program. Why isn't that good enough? And there's lots of factors there, like 
they would get blown out by every good team they played by the end of his, his era there. They weren't staying close with any of the good teams. They were winning the games they should win, but they were getting blown mm-hmm. out by any good team, right? So that was something that rubbed people the wrong way. And it felt like they were a lot closer to six or seven wins by the end of it, even though they were still winning nine, nine games, right? It felt like they were a lot closer. Did it closer. feel more like an Iowa like yeah. Iowa this year, yes. like should they have six wins already? It felt like they were a lot closer to backsliding to being a six or seven win team than it was taking the step forward. Because okay. at the beginning of the Pliny era, like oh nine, you're thinking like the Texas Big 12 championship game. You've got Indomitian Sue, best player in college football. I don't care what the Heisman said. Indomitian Sue was the best player in college football. One of the best players in college football of the 21st century. Well, he went number one in the draft, right? Uh, he went Three, I think. Ah, we're saying he went number one. <laughs> but he's incredible. He was, I mean, you want to talk about generational talent. Nobody's going to argue with me on Sue on generational talent there, right? So you had this team, and that team felt like it was way closer to winning 11, 12. He went two. He went two. Okay. So we were split, split the difference. The difference. <laughs> <laughs> you know? They, so that team felt, 2009 felt like, oh, man, they're really close to winning 11 or 12 games. And then it kind of started to, to slowly slide back, and it was still nine or ten wins every year, but it felt like we were further and further away from taking that next step, and I think that's where the frustration crept in. But again, if, if Pelini had been able to say, hey, I appreciate your passion. I want to take the next step too. I need my guys not to hear what you're saying, though, and that's my job. That's not on your mm-hmm. job to stop saying it. It's on, my, it's on me to make sure my message is louder in their heads than yours which is basically what Rule's saying. That's all Rule's saying. It's like, hey, what I tell my guys needs to be more important than what they're hearing from you. Not that I want you to stop saying it because I love you guys, right? He literally says that. I love Nebraska fans. But what I say to my locker room needs to be louder in their heads than what they're hearing from outside the locker room. Well, he hates Twitter. Matt Rule hates Twitter. I think every football coach hates Twitter. I've never <laughs> met a football coach that's like, yeah, Twitter. Except for maybe Lane Kiffin. Right. Lane. I think Rule, though, is at an advantage. Um, uh, sure. Because he came into a program that was broken. Yes. And it's easier to speak like a prophet in a yes. broken program. Absolutely. Than it is in one that's already won. Absolutely. So that – but what I really like about him is that he stays within himself. Sure. Like, he, he's really the no BS mentality. Um, you know, every answer that he kind of has is – you know, he just he speaks what what he thinks. Yeah. It's not like, hey, I was coached up by other people in the athletic department yeah. to talk like this. Right. No, yeah, this yeah. is how he's talked since he first got here. Not just so, since he got here, since he was. I mean, this is you go right. play clips from right. Temple and Baylor. He's the same guy. Right. But I love the way that you know he kind of broke down everybody in, in its own sort of circle. Right. You have the staff, you have the players, you have the fans, and he and he kind of talked about all three and how you can integrate into one. And everybody has a role to play. Right. Right. But everybody's role is it's completely different. different. Yeah, it's separate. Um. So. Yeah, I really like that, and then I really like this answer to um, the PFF grades yeah. when, when he was asked about that because I, I felt like a little bit of vulnerability there. From yeah. Him. Like I could kind of like – because I think the word he used was struggle. Like I struggle with this. With the grades. And yeah. like – and I'm like, wow, okay, so like this this hits you. Yeah. Like th- this this one stings because he's like in, in – the NFL, it was even hard for me. Sure. Because that's all players think about is their grade. Their BFF grade. I mean, e- even in training camp, people walk up to them, hey, what's your Madden rating? Yeah. Like, can you believe you're a 72? Yeah. Like, you think you should be a 78 <laughs> or 70. Like, whether that, like, you know, internally, like, hurts yeah. the player 
or not. Like though he he just is so real. Yeah, he's so real with you and in the moment. And the best thing he said yesterday out of everything is don't yell at the solution. Mm. Like, yeah, think about that. Rest with that. Let's there get, should be no one yelling at the solution. Let's get back to that. And when we come up, we're gonna when we come back, we're gonna talk about that a little bit more, and we're gonna get to our AMA with me and Andrew here it. on Herd Sports Radio.